Undroppables Playbook, a football podcast. With your hosts, Ashley and Michael, please sit back and enjoy the show. Hi, everyone, and welcome back to another episode of the Undroppables Playbook, a football podcast presented by the Undroppables and hosted by Analyst Depot. I'm your host, Ashley, and this is my co-host, Michael Duncan. Last week, we were uh, presented by Analyst Depot, then we were <laughs> sponsored by, and now we're hosted by Analyst Depot. It's incredible. Did I like, say hosted? Yeah, Analyst Depot no. can do a lot of stuff. I don't believe they are a video and or live streaming host site. I really feel like I get it right every time, but apparently not. I'll work on it. I'm just probably never going to let it go. Yeah, that we have to like that's compilation. That's why I had to point it out. So I think I was thinking about the fact that we're hosts. I always think ahead and then I. So we are hosts. Sponsored by Analyst Evo. Um, but yes, we are your hosts. This is a football podcast where we talk everything NFL um, and we just had another week of crazy football because it can never just be a normal week of football around here this year no no it can't how was your team this week shut up i'll leave (laughs) i don't have to be here you knew i was gonna ask it i was hoping you weren't (laughs) no my team sucked but more so than that jalen rager pisses me off yeah that was i really I, i loved him coming out i was excited when we drafted him um i've long been a supporter uh, but he dropped. So Nelson Aguilar, he he would only drop yeah. one game-winning touchdown per game. Jalen Rager dropped two in one game. That was special. Um, yeah. That was great. It also wasn't like a little bit out of his reach. Like it was like right no. square in the middle of the hands. The first one literally hit him in the helmet. Yeah. And the second one went through his hands. I mean, the one thing he was supposed <laughs> to be good at was contested catching. Um, that that's Thanks. not working out. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah, I hate it here. So yeah, I loved it here this week. This week was fun. I'm glad you're happy. Fun. I'm not. I'm not glad you're happy. I wish you were miserable right now. You're not. I know you're not. I know you almost uh, blocked me on all social media because I kept sending you uh, things about the Eagles loss. I mean, I told you I would, and it didn't seem like you believed me. I guess you asked Kyle because I blocked him. Well, no, that was like the first week I was a part of the Undroppables. You did, and he got removed from everything. Oh, I didn't realize you were there then. Yeah, what? that was like my first week. And then he like got removed from everything. No, I didn't realize that when you block someone on Twitter that they get kicked out of any group chat you're in, like group DM or whatever. Yeah. Um, so that was that was really funny. Everyone thought Kyle like quit with no warning. Yep. And I had to be like, it's oh, like, I guess it's because I blocked him. What's going on here? Yeah, that's just Duncan being Duncan. I blame him. Good. So I, that's not my fault. <laughs> Anyway, we could jump right into it uh, for our injury report. I guess we could start with the two quarterbacks from the game we were just mentioning. That uh, Daniel Jones it has a neck strain that was happened on the second play of the game. He's, he was limited in practice today. Uh, Mike Glennon is expected to start, and the Giants also signed Jake Fromm as a backup. Jake Fromm, State Farm. Um, so, I don't know. It's like a... He, Joe Judge did that Joe Judge thing again where he was like, it's not believed to be season. It's ending. not believed to be season ending. And everyone was like, we didn't ask that question. Like, we just want to know how he's doing. He's not believed to be. Season I hate ending. Joe Judge. I'm just glad yeah. that Joe Judge won his Super Bowl. That's all that matters. <laughs> he finally got revenge <laughs> on the team that stopped his six win team from making the playoffs. Yeah, I last know. Year, so, that he know. was so butthurt about. <laughs> Shout out to Joe Judge. I hope he gets fired. Yeah. Ugh, I really don't think he's going to, but we'll talk about that in another episode. Jalen Hurts uh, suffered an ankle injury. He was seen limping a little bit during the game, but a lot after the game. Um, There was concerns about if he was going to play or not, but he says he is going to play this coming week. So he has this week and then the bye for the Eagles. So it's a little bit up in the air, but he is claiming that he will play. When asked if it would limit him, how it will limit him, he said it won't. So good, good. Um, Teddy Bridgewater had a lower leg injury during the game this week. He did leave the game, but then he did come back. He's not really expected to miss any time. And another one was Matt Stafford, who is like kind of all sorts of banged up, which is a little bit to be expected at this point in the season, but it's a back injury that he's had issues with in the past. Like it's like a chronic back injury, um, an ankle injury and an elbow injury. And that's kind of 
I mean, a little bit more, a little bit less, but I don't know. He just seems to be all sort of banged up. He was doing his best Jared Goff impression this week. I don't know if that's all because of the injury or whatnot, but keep an eye on that. My voice is going to crack the whole episode because I'm sick, but that sounds so good. Wonderful. I'm looking forward um, to it. I know. For running backs, this has been this has been one. Uh, Christian McCaffrey is out for the rest of the season. He was placed on IR a second time, which was started by an ankle injury during the game this week. He was seen in a walking boot after the game. A lot of people didn't think it would be too serious, but then he ended up being placed on IR. And once you're placed on an IR for a second time in the season, it's an automatic out for the rest of the season. So that's wild. And it's he is now out. And I'm sad. Yeah. And I'm not going to yeah. make the playoffs in my home dynasty league. Oh, yeah. Yeah. It's that's just not great. a good week for me. Yeah. Okay. Nobody, <laughs> nobody cares. It's okay. Um, Dalvin Cook dislocated his shoulder. His backup is Alexander Madison. It's not yet told to us if he's really going to miss time or anything. It seems he avoided all major injury. There's a chance he could miss a week or two, but nothing absolutely crazy. There was some like concern that it was his pack, like that he tore his pack because he was holding his chest. But it ended up just being that he, I don't want to say just, but he dislocated his shoulder. So we don't have a timetable on that yet. DeAndre Swift injured his shoulder, too, during the first quarter of the game with the Lions. And that's another one that we really don't have a set timetable yet. I did see some info from beat reporters that was like, there is a good chance DeAndre Swift misses time, which is a little bit scary, but he's like the only good player on the Lions. So that would be. How dare you? TJ Hawkinson <laughs> is at least considered good. He's good. He is good. Yeah. Well, I think we're talking about him later, right? No. No? Okay. <laughs> Could have sworn he was on that list. Um, and Ezekiel Elliott, again, has been banged up uh, with that right knee injury. At first, they said they thought he was going to... They were they were going to give him off some time, but then they were quoted saying he's going to get the full load this week versus the Saints. It Ben McAdoo is calling the plays now, I guess I should note, but so I don't know if that affects him in any way. Um but yeah, it's pretty strange. I don't know if that's because there's kind of like a little bit of a race for the division right now that they really don't want to sit one of their star players, but it's not really a crazy race, but it's a little bit of a race. It's it's, it's a sad, pathetic race. Yeah, um, it's like if, if the, the Eagles race was had made their business, it would be a race. Now it's not really. Um, also, yeah, the Cowboys are morons. Yeah. Ben McAdoo. Um, for wide receivers, I put Antonio Brown on here. I know he's not been playing, but he was supposed to be back by now. So I just want to note that he's still not practicing as of today. He wasn't practicing. A report came um, out that he's expected to miss the next two games. Yeah. Good. So he will really only be back for like the last week of the season. The last all two weeks all they season. care about is making it to the Super Bowl. Super I don't Bowl. even like, honestly, I think they're handling this the best way they possibly yeah. could. Yeah. Because they know they'll get there if not really close. So. Um, Debo Samuel had a groin injury. I believe that was Sunday night or four o'clock Sundays. He is not considered serious, but possible he will miss time. Randall Cobb also got a groin injury and the groin injuries are usually one to two weeks, which is something to note. Um, and Jalen Darden from the Bucks was evaluated for a concussion. For tight ends, Darren Waller strained his IT band during the game, which was kind of like a sigh of relief. It seemed like it was going to be like a pretty bad hamstring injury or whatnot. So it's a strained IT band. That return to playtime is usually around one to three weeks. It seems like they're expecting it to be on the lower end, but he's not had the most stellar season. I, I don't know how an injury is going to add to that. Um, Dan Arnold sprained his MCL. He did leave the game and he is now going on IR. He's with Jacksonville, of course. And Pat Fryermuth was evaluated for a concussion. I haven't had an update on that yet, so we'll check back on that later. And for defense and special teams and O-line, Jack Conklin from the Cleveland Browns tore his patellar tendon. He was out for the season. That one was really scary. Did you see that video or did you see it during the game where he was like walking off and kind of fell over yeah game. it's unfortunate it really sucks um, i know and he just came back from another injury i was gonna say he just got activated back um yeah him and cream hunt both and cream hunt also left the game at least for a little bit with a I guess, stiff oh, yeah. leg or something yeah yep and the only other one i have on that list is that Adoree jackson suffered a quad injury and was ruled out for the rest of the game that's it it's our injury report is there any good news 
I don't really have any good news this week. There, I don't. There really hasn't been anybody that's like scheduled to return to play that I know of. That's mm. been out for a while, right? Sorry, I had to sneeze. No, Correct. Okay, yeah, nobody's really. Yeah. Uh, come, I mean, Kareem Hunt came back. That was exciting. Yeah, that was exciting. That's all I really got. Uh, yeah. Jalen Hurts hopefully isn't too injured, and Daniel Jones doesn't have a season-ending injury. Apparently, yeah. So, apparently. apparently, all great things. Um, but yeah, uh, taking into uh, before we get to the the meat and potatoes of our show, I hate that term. I don't. I thought about saying it, and then I said it, and I was like, Ew. I questioned it as I was doing it. And then once I said it, I really regretted it. Um, so I'm just going to I'm gonna rewind. Uh, before we get to the majority, um, I don't know what else to say now. The beef. Uh, yeah, no. I'm just going to go with meat and potatoes of our show. Um, we're going to do a little mini segment of something that we had touched on earlier in the year, which is um, basically we're going to ask the question, is he a franchise quarterback? We're going to take a look at a quarterback in the league that there's a lot of questions surrounding and we're going to kind of just look at, you know, what the, what the organization might do um, and how they might possibly plan on going forward earlier in the season. We had looked at guys like Daniel Jones, Baker Mayfield, Sam Darnold, uh, and one other one who's name, uh, Teddy Bridgewater, I believe. Um, but yeah, do you want to tell us who we're uh, looking at today? Yeah, we are looking at the Washington football team's Taylor Heineke. I have some stats for him. Taylor Heineke ranks 34th in PFF passing grade um, out of 32 NFL franchises. He has 16 touchdowns to 10 interceptions this year. He has a 67% completion percentage, um, which is considered top 20 when you take out the guys who have only thrown like a few passes here and there. And he's around 25th in adjusted completion percentage, which is lower than his actual completion percentage, which I don't think is common, but that's Taylor Heineke. I mean, I think basically all that just says is it basically the uh, PFF's adjusted completion percentage for those that don't know. It adjusts for like the difficulty of the throws. Um, it also adjusts for drops and things like that. And so basically what what that's telling me is he gets a lot of his completions on higher percentage throws, the sh throws that he should make, at least the really easy ones. And he's probably missing a decent amount of throws at the same time that he uh that he should still be making, you know, the intermediate uh, throws yep. short to intermediate. So, um, yeah, Taylor Heineke uh, for a franchise that really, you know, the, it's tough. It, it's a really interesting situation that they've been on with uh, franchise quarterbacks for a while now, because yep. obviously you go back a little bit. You have Dwayne Haskins, um, who was drafted. And apparently I forget, I might get this backwards. Either the coach really wanted him and the owner didn't or the owner really wanted him and coach didn't, but either yeah. way, there was not an agreement on him. Uh, he was drafted in the top 15 and he was off the team within, I think two seasons as a top 15 pick, which is rough nice. partly in due to off the field issues. But um, yeah. you go before that and you've got the likes of RG three, who was drafted with the second overall pick back in 2012. Um, and in that same draft, they drafted probably the closest thing they've had to a franchise quarterback, except he was taken later in the draft in Kirk Cousins, who yeah. uh, after franchising him for like forget. five years in a row, he is now gone. Yeah. It is a very, about him there. It, it is a very bizarre yeah. roller coaster that they've been on. Um, and now they've got a guy in Taylor Heineke who. He's has a cool taken, guy. He is a, he's a very cool guy. He's taken anything but a, you know, a normal route to the NFL, um, especially, you know, starting for a franchise for the majority of the season after um, going into the season as a backup behind Ryan Fitzpatrick. Um, but I mean, he, he, he let, you know, he left college in 2014. It is now yeah. 2021, and it's basically his second season in the NFL. And he also um, looks young as hell. Like, he looks like somebody that could have been drafted like a year or two ago. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, he went, he went, on, he went undrafted. He was trying, he, yep. he was on a bunch of different injured reserves and practice squads. Um, he did play, uh, no, he didn't play in the XFL. He was drafted in the XFL yep. um, to the Battle Hawks, I believe. St. Louis mm -hmm. Battle Hawks. Um, didn't play. Um, and then he couldn't yeah, he couldn't get playing time in the XFL, no. and now he's a starting quarterback in the NFL. Uh, and I guess the question that we want to look at is 
what do you think? Is he going to be their franchise guy moving forward? How do you think they're going to view him? How do you view him? So if you would have asked me like at the beginning of the season when he was playing, I would have said absolutely not. This team has looked a lot different in their since their bye. I can't remember exactly what week it was, but I know since their bye that they have definitely looked a lot better, a lot more efficient. Um, I can see in Taylor Heineke that there is definite room for improvement. But I like... I think he definitely could be a franchise quarterback. I don't think it's like a lo- super long-term franchise quarterback, but I do think he could have several years in him of being a pretty sturdy guy. He does seem fairly reliable. Um, one of the things that I did see that his early down efficiency is actually very good. It's like amongst Tennessee, like right around their, the Ravens, um, but their late down efficiency is not really good at all. So I think that's one of the huge areas for improvement. And I feel like a lot of that comes from game managing, which is definitely something Taylor Heineke seems to not have right now, which is, I mean, you can't, ex- you could, you could excuse that for some guy, for a guy who has, did, couldn't even get playing time in the XFL. So I think that this is stuff for him where his areas of improvements are stuff that definitely can be learned. Um, whereas there are some other quarterbacks who it seems is stuff is kind of a little bit less teachable. Yeah, he definitely seems to have the a lot of the physical skills necessary. You know, not all of them. I, I mean, his accuracy isn't particularly great. It's nothing special. His arm strength is good, but again, not great. He can make most of the throws, but not all of them. Um, and I'm just not really sure what to think of his of his um, just his NFL IQ, I guess. Yeah. Um, how he's able to read these defenses because it's. <clears throat> It's been kind of tough to judge him on that with a lot of the injuries that the offense has been going through and their defense has been just outright terrible for the majority of the season, which obviously puts the offense in a tough position. But, um, you know, it's going to be really tough for me to say that he is going to be their franchise quarterback because the biggest thing in the NFL that I've noticed, and, you know, this is no secret, when it comes to quarterback eventually, is you always want to follow the money and you want to follow with that the draft picks. They don't have anything invested in him. He was yeah. an impending free agent and they signed him to a two year, $4.75 million contract extension. That is <laughs> so cheap yeah. for a starting sure. quarterback for two years. Obviously. Yeah. He was signed as a backup, um, but he has now gone toe to toe with Tom Brady twice and almost beat him the first time. Like the first time was in, like insane. Yeah. I mean that they, yeah. he, they came the closest to beating them uh, on the road to Tom Brady's Super Bowl win with the bucks last year. Yeah. Um, and that's crazy. Uh, granted, a much better defense last he came year. Closer. Year. He came closer than the Chiefs did. Like, yep. like looked better than the Kansas City Chiefs. So the Washington football team. It's 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 a really interesting situation. Uh, Washington yeah. has their full assortment of draft picks for the most part, like the high meaningful yeah. ones over the next couple of years. And I think what it really comes down to is they'll probably go with Heineke until they have a strong reason not to. <laughs> Um, yep. But I don't really, unless he, unless he does something really crazy, um, like I'm talking like a Case Keenum level year back in 2017 with the Vikings, mm-hmm. um, where he took them to the NFC Championship game. Yeah, that didn't end well. Um, <laughs> for those of you that aren't watching and just listening, I looked at my Eagle Super Bowl flag because we beat yeah. Case Keenum and the Vikings. I just like to mention it when I can. It oh, makes me happy. Yeah when other things make me sad. Um, (laughs) But I think it would take a season like that, just incredibly efficient and playing out of his mind for him to get a real investment from the Washington football team uh, and for them to view him as a franchise quarterback. And I think until then, like it's more likely that, you know, maybe they don't draft a guy in the first round, but maybe they take a Jalen hurts type quarterback in the second round. And if, if it's about even between those two, I'd be hard pressed to imagine that they don't go tie goes to the higher draft pick. Yep. And I think that for me, I think they could ride with them for next year. Um, One of the big things is that this next quarterback class is absolutely not like the last one. I mean, the last one was something like a once in a lifetime quarterback draft class, but I think that this year's next, like this coming draft class for quarterbacks is, not absolutely stellar. They're great. They're good, um, but not 
really anything show-stopping. So I think that there's a good chance, like you said, that they could ride with a, one of the later guys, someone that they could take a flyer on, not really risk too much long-term investment on. Or they just ride with Heineke until maybe the next year. And so not this year, but the year after's draft where that draft class is expected to have a lot of really good quarterbacks. And at the same time, bad organizations are going to bad organization, as the yep. saying goes. So I would not be shocked to see them reach on a quarterback that's probably mm -hmm. going to get taken higher than he should in the top 10 of this year's draft. And yep. if that happens, Taylor Heineke time is over. Um, yeah. You know, barring something. I really like him. I do, too. He's a fun player. Um, I now I've been trying to avoid the Brett Favre ish comparison of the it way came up on. because <laughs> they mentioned it in the game and I've watched like the game has been on on NFL Network yep. since and I've watched it now twice and yep. I, I swear I've heard that one part like six times so it's just yep. locked in my head and it's annoying because I don't want to say it because now yep. I feel like it's overplayed but he does play with that sort of reckless abandonment which is fun yep. on a not great team but as soon as the team is good and has actual. Yep you know, like uh, actual possibilities of competing in the future. That's when a guy like Taylor Heineke really starts to get separated as either is or isn't the guy that you want him to be. Um, yeah. In a loss. They said that at first. They said that at first. And I was like, what? And then that I sat there and I was like, oh, like the more I think about it, it, it does kind of match up. I mean, um, honestly, like all that really means is that it's a guy that is going to close his eyes, throw it down the field. He doesn't care how open a guy is, and he's yeah. just going to sling it like uh, Terry's like a, down there somewhere. Yeah, like literally that. Like I don't think people mean it as a compliment when they say it. Like yeah. I think they kind of think they mean it as a compliment, but I don't think they do because nobody is ever told to play oh. like Brett Favre. Brett I have a Favre, Brett Favre T-shirt. I, I used to love Brett Favre, the player. Yeah. Uh, he was one of my favorite players growing up. Um, but he is not who you want your franchise quarterback to idolize because the man threw a lot of very questionable footballs in his day. Um, so I don't really think they mean it as the compliment that they might think they mean it as. And again, in a guy like Taylor Heineke, I don't know if those personality traits or you know player traits are exactly what you're looking for. Um, a loose cannon, so to say. Yeah, and I think the Washington football team kind of needs a little bit of more stability in a, in a quarterback position right now in a time where the organization and every facet of it is, like, on fire. I mean, they had, like, poop water all flying the from the ceiling all the time. But, like, literally, like, poop water coming from the ceilings. But I think they need someone with a little bit more stability. And, like I said, I think Taylor Heineke could be that guy for a year or two. But I, I don't see it being too long-term. Handful of years, max. But... He is like a really certified cool guy. Like he, I saw a video of him. I was like scrolling through my own Twitter to try and find something early, like a stat earlier. And I found the video of him from after one of the games that they were like asking him a question about like, can you believe you're here? And he like teared up a little bit, but he had like on like a band t-shirt and a hoodie and a hat. And he looked really cool. Like he, he looks like a really cool guy. Seems like a really cool guy. That was just a really fun statement. I know. I just, I want to clip that. He certified looked like a really cool guy. Cool guy. He did. He, just, he looked like a cool guy, you know? Just a <laughs> I'm cool going to send guy. it to you later. Great. Perfect. Um, Welcome. But yeah, so that, that's Taylor Heineke, uh, former XFL reserve quarterback. Um, I think that's how big I'm XFL guy. I am a big XFL guy. I'm now a big USFL guy as well. Go Philadelphia <laughs> stars. More <sighs> teams every day. I mean, I'm fine with it. Give me a crappy football team that I don't care about to root for. Uh, I, obviously, I'm going to attach my mental health to it because it's got Philadelphia in the name, but um, it'll be fine, I'm sure. Uh, I just hope that we get, um, I don't know. I want Donald Pomfrey to play for the Philadelphia Stars. Um, for those of you that don't know who that is, look him up. He got an NFL tattoo before he played a snap in the NFL. And spoiler alert, he didn't. Of course, Ever. that's how it always goes. He was the next Aaron Sproles, though. I hate it here. Um, moving on uh, to the main portion of our show. Uh, and that is going to be talking about kind of flip-flopping what we did a couple weeks ago where we talked about guys that were really exceeding our expectations here, guys that were kind of breaking out and, you know, killing the game. Uh, we're going to look at guys that have maybe underperformed their expectations that we had going into them this year. And we're going to examine, you know, maybe they actually are underperforming and maybe they're not actually doing as poorly as we might think. 
Um, I know there was a couple guys on here that I like we have a list. I and there were some guys where I was like, oh, I thought they were doing a lot worse than they actually were. Um, and it's just kind of, you know, it's based around the team's performance or one individual stat and how that's kind of skewing the way that uh, we might look at things. But um, yeah, any uh, any thoughts or comments on that before we go into that? No, why don't you jump right into the first player? Cool. Can do. Um, so the first player that we are going to talk about is a wide receiver who last year kind of broke out in a somewhat unexpected way and was tied very much to his quarterback. And that is Stefan Diggs, wide receiver for the Buffalo Bills. Um, now, he was a guy that I personally felt like he was underperforming this season uh, to a massive degree. But I also wasn't too surprised because I think last season it was very... You know, it was a career year, and normally when you have guys have career years, they tend to back off at least a little bit just because they're going to revert to the mean at least somewhat. He's an extremely talented player. Josh Allen is um, also extremely talented, but the chances of them having the year they had last year together is probably not one that's likely to repeat. That being said, when I looked at his numbers, uh, just to kind of read them off real quick, um, on a per-game basis this season, he's averaging s about six receptions, 77 yards, and... Um, 0.6 touchdowns, so a little more than a touchdown every two games. Um, now, last year in uh, in his 16 game season, uh, he had 7.9 receptions per game, so almost eight, um, a little under 100 yards per game, 96, and half a touchdown per game. So touchdowns are basically the same, but the big difference is just the number of receptions and the number of yards, and that is the part where. Again, it's, it might not feel like a huge difference in terms of, you know, overall, it's about like 15 to 20 yards per game, but that stacks up. And it also goes to show kind of exactly what I was expecting going into the season, which is Josh Allen is going to regress back to the mean at least a little bit. He's not going to complete, you know, the 90% of uh, his passes. That's an exaggeration that he completed last year. Um, and we are going to see because of that, we're going to see some regression of Stefan Diggs insane career year. He's still on pace to finish with over 100 receptions and about 1,300 yards in seven in 17 games. But, you know, it. I think the biggest part here is just the fact that the Buffalo Bills have been letting people down as of late. Um, they have lost control of the AFC East, and they are playing the Patriots this week, basically probably for that AFC East crown. Um, Josh Allen has taken a bit of a step back. The offense has looked a lot more disjointed this year than it did last year. And uh, because of that, the passing game hasn't been as you know clean and flawless as it was last year. Stefan Diggs isn't racking up um, insane reception numbers like he did last year. So, um, yeah, Stefan Diggs is definitely, I think, the biggest name on this list. And yeah, the one that I was not overly surprised to see on here. Yeah, I also think a huge thing is Stefan Diggs became like that guy for the Bills. It was in every down, every snap, every type of, you know, play they were running. It was he was their guy. So he became incredibly predictable. He has been in double double coverage a lot this season. So that doesn't help. Um, so I think that kind of ties into it, too. But I think overall, the biggest thing is just the general dysfunction in the Bills offense right now. Yeah, and again, this isn't to say that Stephon Diggs is having a bad year, that he's a bad wide receiver, because none of that is true. He's an incredible wide receiver. I mean, I've been watching that one uh, route that he had. I believe it was this past week on basically on repeat. That um, was crazy. Like, it felt like he just, I don't really even know what he did. It looked stupidly yeah. simple, but also insanely yeah. complicated. And I would break my ankle. Oh, I yeah, I think I broke my ankle watching it. Yeah. Um. So, yeah, he's having a good year. It's just, again, this is the sort of um, regression that I'm not too surprised that yep. we saw this season. Um, and next on the list is maybe a little bit different in the way yeah. that his stats really aren't that much different than his yeah. previous full season, and that's Cortland Sutton. Obviously, I'm mainly looking at his comparison between this year and 2019 uh, as he missed most of last season uh, with, I think it was a torn ACL. Um, I'm forgetting. Um, but he missed most of last season. He got injured, I believe, in week one. Um, but his numbers really aren't all that different. He, the biggest thing is he's averaging about 10 yards less per game uh, than he did in 2019. Um, and honestly, you know, I think coming out of 2019, 
the biggest reason that Cortland Sutton is disappointing right now is just because coming out of 2019, he was viewed as the next alpha wide receiver. He's that big bodied X receiver that, you know, contested catch guy, the type of guy that you can see getting, you know, 10 touchdowns a season, even if he hasn't necessarily done it yet. He just profiled as that type of wide receiver. If they ever got him a quarterback. Now, obviously, he's recovering from his injury right now, and you have the addition of Jerry Judy and uh, other pieces to the offense, but he hasn't really, really shown out, um, I think, like a lot of people were hoping. Yeah, and I think that's the big one with this expectation is there was this really heavy expectation of him to do like have like an insane year, and I think that's a little bit where this he's underperforming comes from. I also just think it's that there is – like that team is just strange right now. Like you have Teddy Bridgewater heading the, as a quarterback. You have other receivers there who are getting a lot of targets. So I think it's just more that his numbers would be great, but there's a lot of targets to go around is kind of, and, and you don't really think that about like the Broncos, but there has been, and that, that's the way that offense has played out this year. Yeah. I mean, Jerry Judy, even though he's missed most of the year, he is, yeah. you know, he gets open. He's a very good yeah. wide receiver and Tim Patrick is just, really good at playing football even yeah. though nobody seems to want him to be good at playing football nobody plans for him um but he's been very good for his downfall all year i mean yeah it, it sucks um also rest in peace kj hamler a guy that i really like um and i'm still rooting for um he got a high apartment in denver because he was afraid of bears and that will never get old for me. Um, I will always love him for that. I think we've um, said it three times on the show. Oh, yeah. It's like one of the best things to talk about. I don't get to talk about KJ Hamler enough mm -hmm. because he's dead right now. And I just, I want him, yeah. I want to talk to him about his fear of bears and how that lit, how well, I want to know his reasoning behind that. Because we'll see it's if we can get him on the show. I, I just want to ask him one question. That's it. Yeah. I want to have one conversation. <laughs> Where um, did this come from? Exactly. But yeah, so it, it'll be interesting to see if Cortland Sutton, so, yeah, if Cortland Sutton can ever really take that leap as a, you know, the number one alpha guy and he did yeah. get signed to a new contract in Denver. So we know he's going to be there for a little bit. Uh, we don't know who the quarterback is after Teddy Bridgewater or if it's going to be mm -hmm. Teddy for a while, but we know Jerry Judy and Tim Patrick are going to be there. Not to mention Noah Fant, Alberto and the possible yeah. return of KJ Hamler and Javante Williams. Yeah, there's a reason that yeah. his numbers aren't going insane. Yep. That's the big one. Um, and speaking of high profile teammates, this uh yeah, this one's a little straightforward, and that's T. Higgins. Yeah. He obviously has missed part of the season due to injury. Um, but overall his numbers are uh down from or no, they sorry, they are slightly up from his rookie season. Mm -hmm. Um, with the exception of his touchdown numbers but not exactly the type of leap that I think a lot of people were hoping no. for going into this season. But I think there's just a really easy explanation for that. Well, let me take one guess. Okay. Is it Jamar Chase? No, Joe Mixon. Oh, Joe. He's having a great season. He is. Yeah, um, but no, it's, it's is. Jamar Chase. Jamar Chase is having a historic rookie season. He's on pace yeah. to break records. Um, T. Higgins is actually, still having... Waddle is actually like tempting him for some of those records. Yeah, if Devonta Smith only got open. Oh wait, he's open oh. all the time. Like Except on the last. The no, he was always that was wide the last open. Of the game, I know. He got open twice on the final play of the game. Yeah. Twice, two different times. Yeah. He could have been thrown to for a touchdown. Two separate times. He got open on a route twice in one play on the final play of the game. Why would you cover anyone else, first of all? But no, you're going to let him open. Also, Jalen, why are you throwing to Jalen Rager again? Anyway. It's the Jalen to Jalen connection. It hurts me. There is no connection. <laughs> um, yeah, T. Higgins. Uh, yeah. I think he's just a guy that until we can see this offense truly support two alphas, which yeah. we don't see very often in the NFL, but um, I think if there's an offense to do it and a quarterback to do it, it's probably this one. But until yeah. then, I think – we're all going to be a little bit disappointed in what Higgins gives us because the Joe Burrow and Jamar Chase is just truly unstoppable, or that's how it seems. Yeah, and one of the things that when Jamar Chase came back to Joe Burrow was something I, I had said early on, too, was that it was a little bit of a crutch for Joe Burrow, right? Somebody who was returning from serious injury who 
was expected to kind of have some difficulties returning to play with a serious injury, with the mental aspect of returning to play. Um, so they kind of put all safeties in place to get Joe Burrow back to where he was, and Jamar Chase was one of those. And that's what Jamar Chase has been. It's been a, a complete safety net for Joe Burrow in the best way possible. Like it's it it's in the end zone, it's in the middle of the field, it's on the sidelines, like it's just he's he's everywhere and that's i think unfortunate for t higgins t higgins has been really good to catch like one bomb a game and a couple of small targets but the one bomb a game is kind of keeping his numbers afloat i think so i think if you took out i i hate when people say that because it's like that's part of the game but like if you took out his one long reception a game the numbers are not not really good um but they're in there, so the numbers are good for now. But like you said, I think only a only handful of offenses can support two alphas, and I don't see this team doing that this year, but I think it's a really high possibility for next year. Yeah, I mean, I hope so. I love T. Higgins as a player. Yeah, um, me and too. I hope that... I, I mean, I think when push comes to shove, if this offense, if, if Zach Taylor can figure it out, I mean, he's got yeah. a running back who's having a career year. Obviously, mm -hmm. he's getting up there in age. It's weird to say that about a guy who's like a year older than me, but um, he's yeah. got a franchise quarterback and two alpha level wide receivers. So, I mean, if they can figure it out. Uh, and speaking of guys that are alpha level wide receivers that score a lot of touchdowns, the next guy on our list is Chase Claypool. Um, and this was a guy who just felt extremely disappointing to me. I wasn't really in on him going into last season. Yep. Um, obviously, from a fantasy perspective, is kind of where I'm leaning a lot with this one. But mm -hmm. also just as a prospect, he, rem he reminded me a lot of, and this is going to be a bit of a throwback, but he reminded me a lot of Stephen Hill, uh, who is a wide receiver that was drafted in like the second or third round by the Jets. He came from Georgia Tech like years and years ago, but he blew up the combine. Everyone compared him to Megatron, and it didn't work out, obviously, because that always goes well. Whenever somebody says the next, it yep. never goes well. No. So that's what Chase Claypool reminded me of. Yeah. But it worked out for him last season. Uh, and this season, it has not been that. And I think after looking, you know, after taking a little bit closer look at the numbers, I, I'm not surprised at what I saw. Last year, he had 10 touchdowns. Um, and this year, he has one so far on the season. Um, almost all of his other numbers are either the same or a little bit better. Um, but those deep plays that landed in touchdowns or the red zone, Big Ben cannot hit them when it comes to the deep plays. And when you get into the red zone, you've got Najee Harris. You've got yeah. Pat Fryermuth. Um, so Chase Claypool, not to say, you know, his yards per reception is obviously down. He's, uh, on pace to break a thousand yards on the season. Um, but he's not exactly a target hog because that's Deontay Johnson. I, I think he is going to end up profiling as much more of just a big play threat than an, a true alpha level wide receiver. I'm using that term a lot right now, but, um, yeah. I don't know if he profiles like that. Yeah. I think for me, the biggest like asterisk to this is that juju's not here and this is what his numbers are and i think that for me that's a little bit tough because like i feel like his numbers should be like i understand there are more people on this offense than just him and juju like you know like i know deontay's still here but i thought juju leaving would kind of elevate claypool's numbers a little bit more than they have and that for me is kind of a little bit of a concern <laughs> Yeah, I mean, I think that's a fair point. Uh, you'd expect there to be more targets. Yeah. Apparently not. Um, yeah. Well, there are targets, but Big Ben can't hit any of them. Um, but I'll, I'll, I'll let you kind of take the reins on the next one, because I think the, these next couple guys that we have, these wide receivers, are guys that are truly disappointing. Um, yeah. You know, I think there's kind of been reasonings around for a lot of the guys above, um, but the next couple guys we're going to talk about have just kind of been pretty bad this season, and I don't necessarily know if there's one reason that you can just kind of write it off for uh and the first guy plays for new york giants yeah and that's kenny galladay who's cut his uh per game numbers in i think those are what yards what are the what was those uh receptions yards receptions, and touchdowns Touch, okay so those are i think one is i'm looking at is like it's like 30 less yards a game he is really underperforming and this is another one that's kind of victim to circumstance I think the Giants, when he chose to come to the Giants and as a free agent, was expected to be a lot better team than it is right now. Um, and that's, I can think, kind of hurting him most. One of the things that happened when um, Garrett was fired 
is that Joe Judge stood on the plane, called up Kenny Galladay to the front of the plane, said, like, listen, we're going to make this right. I'm really sorry what's been going on here, and we're going to get you more targets. We're going to get you your touchdown. He said this before the Philly game. Um, I think it's right after the game before that, but in hopes that that would happen in the Philly game. He did have more targets during the Philly game. Um, he didn't get his touchdown, but I think it was a lot of scheme that, None of the uh, like none of the options on the Giants' offense were being used the right way. Um, you have like a gadget guy in Darius Tony. You have Kenny Galladay being a deep, like contested catch guy, and he wasn't being used that way. And I think that's what hurt him the most. I mean, there was one game where he had like one target. Like it's Kenny Galladay. He should have more than that. Yeah, I mean, I think this is a really interesting case study, just yeah. in the way of like. If he was such a good wide receiver, why did his franchise let him go? Guys like that, you yeah. don't often see leave the building. Obviously, the Lions are kind of a special case, and that's what I told yeah. myself over the offseason because they're tearing it all down. It makes more sense. Yeah. But when you look back at his, you know, his numbers and his career, I mean, he had one really outstanding year, um, mm -hmm. and he had a good build up to that. I think you know he looked good as a rookie. He looked good in his earlier, like in his earlier seasons. But he was an older rookie coming in. He's already, I think, like twenty seven or twenty eight years old, um, and he's had one really great year where he had, I think, eleven touchdowns. But I just, I don't, I, I truly wonder whether or not he can be a true number one on an offense or if he's not going to be able to handle that role and he needs to fall back kind of behind us, you know, and be a secondary option. Yeah. I think it's, it's definitely something I think also it's a little bit hard to evaluate with the team he's on now, especially too, because you have Daniel Jones who, who is very good at the deep balls, but not as good at accuracy. So the contested catches aren't going to be great because you need to have insane accuracy. So I don't know. I think, I think it's one that kind of has to be kept a pretty close eye on to see if there's any sort of improvement in the next few weeks under a new offensive coordinator, because an OC has a lot to do with how the numbers turn out. Um, so you have to still account for scheme, but with a new OC, I'm hoping there's a little bit of, at least a little bit of a numbers bump for KG. Yeah. Um, I'm hopeful. He was a player that I really liked, but he has Me been, too pretty downright terrible this season yeah um and speaking of downright terrible that brings us to alan robinson who yeah. has been absolutely horrible this season like literally so bad and i think this is the biggest question mark on this list you don't often i think see wide receivers kind of hit a hill uh in the but, way that you but do he's qb back. proof i mean he has been that's the thing i know um, I mean, he's he played with Blake Bortles. He had a career year with Blake Bortles. He had he had seasons with. Don't Mitch just Blake Bortles like that. I will. He's a man now. Not a good quarterback. I don't. I don't. I hope you're not calling him a good quarterback. I'm not, but you can't insult Blake Bortles. He is another one of those certified cool guys. Is he though? He really is. Is he though? Yeah. I don't. I don't know about <laughs> all that. Um, the coolest. The coolest thing about Blake Bortles, honestly is the character from the good place and the way that it he is. shouts his name I when think he that's kind of why we're where we are where we are where where I am where I am with Blake Bortles but yeah I don't like Blake Bortles but I like his last name and I like the idea of screaming <laughs> it when you're throwing a Molotov a Molotov cocktail yeah. in New Jersey. Um wait at the end of the show when they're like don't spoiler <laughs> Well, no, it's not really? about the end of the show. It's not like it's it's not the ending of the show, okay. but towards the end of the show where she sits there and she's like, I I, I hate to break it to you. Blake uh, Bortles got released from the Jacksonville Jaguars. <laughs> well, then he asked who they got and they told him Nick Foles. <laughs> that didn't go well. Um, That did not go well. Lovely, good place. I also love the fact that they attributed the fact that the Jacksonville Jaguars made it to the AFC championship <laughs> to them actually breaking the universe um which honestly feels very accurate and the fact that that's the season where the eagles won the super bowl makes even more sense uh it's not something that was supposed to happen or no. should or that we should expect no. but um Jared that was Barry. a tangent that was a bad tangent um, yeah Allen robinson has been absolute garbage this season his yards per game is basically in half down from 78 to yeah. 37 um his receptions are cut in half down from six and a half to about three um, and his touchdowns are cut in a fourth. Um, I mean, he has one on the season. He, he has been miserable. Um, I'm tempted to just say it's because of one Matt Nagy and two, because he doesn't want to be there. 
Um, he played half the season with Justin Fields, who just looked awful in that offense. Yeah. Um, I don't know. Uh, he's a free agent. He's a pending free agent. I have no clue what to expect from him going forward. He's obviously um, getting up there in age comparatively. Uh, he is hurt right guys. now. He is hurt. Yeah, he is hurt right now. I don't blame him for being hurt. Um, I would probably want to be hurt too. Yeah. Um, but yeah, um, he's just been really disappointing. And I don't think anyone saw this coming because again, he no. has always been quarterback proof. Yeah, it. I think this is probably the biggest one on the list for me, um, especially as somebody who's played fantasy football. Like he was kind of this this little crutch. Like he, you could draft him. What, what round was he going? I don't know. But he was pretty good for like where you were getting him for the numbers he had put up in previous years, which shows you shouldn't rely on everything from previous seasons. But he has been an upset in fantasy. He's been an upset for the Bears in general. It's been kind of like this mud on his record. And I, for one, just hope he goes elsewhere. I also hope Matt Nagy goes far, far away elsewhere, um, like out of the NFL elsewhere, um, because I really think that's the biggest thing for me. I think it's that this offense and this coaching staff is so inept that, like, there are players on this list who we could say it's not coaching staff. You know, there's a handful that we've said, but this one is just, like, next level, absolutely inept. And I think that's the big issue for for him right now. Well, speaking of ineptness, our next guy, Robbie Anderson, has been on an inept offense all season. Uh, for the majority of the time, it was with Sam Darnold, a little bit of P.J. Walker, yeah. and then some Cam Newton thrown in there at the end. It was great for one week. Hasn't been great since. He's um, alive, and then he was dead again. Yeah, uh, but Robbie Anderson, uh, his numbers are cut in like a third. Um, oh, yeah. Down from having a career year last year, uh, he is on pace for 400 receiving yards on the season and 40 receptions. That is 10 yards per reception. Um, that That's miserable. For a guy that, first yeah. of all, is profiled mainly as a deep threat, um, I just, God, it's I, I, touchdowns have never been his thing, um, but he was mm -hmm. always a burner. Um, the, the Sam Darnold connection was hoping to be, you know, something he got signed to an extension right before the season, but he has just been non-existent. Um, and honestly, at this point, I don't know what to make of Robbie Anderson. He had a, he had one good year with the jets that got people excited, dealt with some injuries. Then he dealt with the jets, um, came to Carolina and was awesome. Uh, with Teddy Bridgewater, he put up a thousand yards next to DJ Moore and Curtis Samuel um, and really held his own in that offense. And he was able to have a really, really good season. Um, they got what they thought would be a quarterback upgrade and Sam Darnold was not. Um, and I mean, just all season, he he's had a flash here or there, but basically nothing, nothing no. to any consistent. Nope. I think, yeah, consistency. I think that's the big thing. It's like insanely inconsistent it's insanely unreliable um and i just think it's dj Moore. i think that's the big thing for this one i think you could attribute it to like an offense that's not working but for me it's there it's working for other people i think the biggest one is just that dj Moore kind of took over all of the roles that robbie anderson was expected to take over and it's just not robbie anderson anymore and, and honestly i haven't really thought about that but i like i really have to do like an in-depth analysis of like Robbie Anderson as a whole, like maybe it's Robbie Anderson, but I don't know. I think more than anything, it's Robbie Anderson. I'm a big believer yeah. that targets are earned. Um, I mean, yeah, this offense has not been. I, I mean, I know it's been better for DJ Moore, but I don't think it's yeah. been good. I mean, he's been disappointing. I'm not, I'm not calling it good by any chance. Not to the same extent, but you know, obviously yeah. not what we saw early in the season and what we were hoping for. But um, yeah, I mean, Robbie's just kind of been oh, bad. Remember when they were three zero? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I do. That was fun. Um, it was fun if you like DJ Moore at least. Um yeah. well last but not least, we have two running backs we're gonna talk about. Um first is a guy in his what third season in the NFL, uh had two really solid years to start. Um, and this season has just been really relegated to I'm not even really sure what to call it. I'm not really sure what his role is compared to previous years. Like you could because he, and this guy is Josh Jacobs, by the way. I never actually yeah. said his name. I was building it up and then I got sidetracked Distracted. by just looking at the numbers. Really was his role. He's currently on pace for under a thousand yards, which is the yeah. uh, for under 800 yards, actually, um, which I believe is the first time in his career he will have under a thousand yeah. rushing yards. Um, wow. And he'll be doing it in one more game. 
Um, he's obviously he's only played nine games this season. He's missed a couple due to injury, but his per game numbers, uh, rushing yards are down from uh, 71 to 46. And his attempts are down six attempts a game from last year. Um, his reception numbers are actually bumped up a little bit, um, which again is the odd thing. I don't, he, he, you know, coming out of college, I feel like he was very much viewed as like an efficient, not Alvin Kamara, but like that more type of running back where he's just going to be really good with a small amount of touches. Cause that's what he was in Alabama. And he was also a great pass catcher. John yeah. Gruden had always used him as basically a workhorse, but with none of the receiving work. Um, and now it just feels like he's not doing anything. He barely has much of a receiving yeah. game, but it's more than previous seasons. And he's getting, you know, 12 rushes a game. I mean, maybe part of that is because of injury, um, lingering stuff, but he hasn't looked good on the field with the exception of occasionally just falling into the end zone a bunch of times, which to be yeah. fair is something he's always done well. Yeah. And and even that Kenyon Drake stole a handful of those, you know, like I, I really don't know what his role is on this offense. It's, I don't know. It kind of, you and I had a conversation. I don't really know where I'm going, but I, we had a conversation at the beginning of this undroppables playbook. I can't remember if it was like first or like second episode or uh, during our preps, but we had a conversation where I was talking about J uh, Josh Jacobs, like ADP for fantasy. And it was a little bit lower than usual. Um, and you were like, it's the first year with Josh Jacobs that you kind of knew what you were getting. Like we, his ADP adjusted for, kind of yeah. what we were expecting for him. So I think that helps with his expectations right now that like not a lot of people are questioning it as much, but even still it's kind of been underwhelming at, at everywhere. Like, like everything is pretty underwhelming. And I just don't know if it's that this offense doesn't know how it wants to use him or if it's just that he's like starting to miss a step here and there. Yeah. I mean, I, I think you're right. And um yeah, I, the biggest thing was to get that his ADP had finally adjusted to the point where people were no longer building in the expectation for receiving work, yep. finally, because he was never going to get it. Yep. Um, but he was always expected to have about 18 attempts a game, and now he's barely getting that. Uh, oh, he's not getting that. He's getting no. you know 12 attempts per game. And it's just it's it's bewildering because it's not like he was bad or inefficient in years past. Like He looked good on the field. He passed the eye test, and his numbers have been yep. good from a rushing standpoint. Um, and it's not like this was all happening after John Gruden resigned. Like this was Gruden in the earlier part of the yep. season. It was in the middle part of the season. It's with the new staff. Um, it's, it's just very bizarre. I don't know what the explanation is. Um, obviously, yeah, they signed Kenyon Drake, but until recently he wasn't very involved in the offense either. Um, so it, it, it's very perplexing. It's very interesting. Yeah. Um, obviously, yes, injury is definitely part of it, but that's always been a part of the equation with Josh Jacobs. So, yep. Um, and, and speaking of a guy that's hampered by injury, a guy that we mentioned on the injury report early in the season, uh, is Dalvin cook. Um, yeah. he is having a good season, mm -hmm. but definitely, I think disappointing from the perspective of building expectations from last year. Yeah. Um, he's down about three to four attempts per game. Um, and about his receptions are about the same, but his yards are down about 30 rushing yards and a couple receiving yards a game. And the big change is that his touchdowns are down, um, from basically one a game to, you know, once every like two and a half to three games. Um, I don't know if that's the best way to put that, but that made more sense in my head, but he's been on and off the field with injury. Uh, he's only played nine games this season, just like Josh Jacobs. Um, and honestly, like it doesn't, Last year, it felt like he was the focal point of this offense, even with Justin Jefferson having a, you know, incredible rookie seed is an, an yep. Adam feeling continuing to be incredible. Um, but this year, it almost feels like he's an afterthought in the offense. Um, mm -hmm. they, I feel like every week they're coming out and saying, we got to get him his touches. We got to get him his touches. Uh, they keep talking about how they want to run the run the game plan through him. And yeah, the injuries make that tough, but it doesn't seem like they're committed to doing it anyway. Yeah, this is another confusing one because I feel like like his talent's still there when he's on the field and getting those touches, it's there, but I don't know. I don't know if it's that they're trying to trust Kirk more if they're, I, I don't know. I, this one's tough for me because like, and, and another part for it is that just, I think he's injuries have been the, the biggest, biggest thing. And I think that did not come expected with him this year. 
I mean, I think there's always a certain expectation when it comes to Dalvin Cook and injuries because yeah. they've that's the story of his career. I mean, it truly is. He's never played 16 games. Towards ACL in the first season, only played 11 games his next season, 14 and 14 the two years after that, including you know his breakout season with 16 touchdowns. Um, but now he's he's only got four on the season this year. Um, and his yards per carry is down a decent bit from last year. He's at 4.5, which is still good and probably closer to average on his career. But um, last year he was up at five. And I think the biggest question that I have uh, that I'm going to have walking away from this season and moving forward is one is Davin Cook finally reaching that point where he's starting to break down physically. If he wasn't kind of already there, like we see sure. running backs do around this age, but also, you know, is last year, you know, last year it felt like, okay, Dalvin Cook is finally doing it. He's finally having that breakout season that we all expected. This is what we can yeah. expect going forward. And I'm wondering if that was really the anomaly and that could be. we shouldn't expect something like that. We should expect a guy who's going to rush for a little over 1,000 yards. He's going to have solid receiving work. Um, and, you know, obviously two years ago, he had 13 touchdowns, um, which is still really good, but, Touchdowns are a very unsticky metric yes. when it comes to prediction, uh, predicting for the future. So I just don't know if we should expect Dalvin Cook to be what he was last year going forward, even before you start considering the injuries. Yeah, I think he's going to be one of the ones that his next year ADP is going to fall a little bit because I think you're right. I think that this might that last year might have just been the odd one out and that this might be the new normal. Um Injuries tied in. And, we didn't see and a drop for Calvin or Calvin high. Christian McCaffrey. Yeah. So I don't know. I think he will might next year. Oh, well, for Christian McCaffrey. Yeah, yeah I, I think it'll draft. I, I, but I also won't be surprised if we see Davin cook kind of stay where he's at for one more year. ADP wise, which is, you know, a top three to five running back in, uh, in fantasy drafts. But I yeah. just don't know if I'm going to feel that way after kind of, I don't think I seeing will. how this year is played out and, I don't know. He always felt a little more guaranteed than some other guys because of Mike Zimmer. And now I'm not sure I feel that way. Um, yeah. So, but yeah, uh, the, you know, there were some other guys that we, uh, we kind of had on the list beforehand and I don't think that we really felt that, you know, maybe they were as deserving to be talked about. That sounds really yeah. mean. Um, but a couple honorable mentions. One is Jalen Rager because he was supposed to break out the season playing next to Devonta Smith, and he has not done that. He ranks near last, nearly last in basically every statistical category that PFF has for wide receivers. He has been miserable, um, yeah. just really bad. Um, and then also an honorable mention to both AJ Brown and Julio Jones. Um, I would say the entire Titans offense, but I don't know if I can blame Ryan Tannehill and Derrick Henry was looking yeah. incredible until he hurt himself. Yeah. Yeah, maybe Derrick Henry was the glue. I mean, it definitely he definitely was because AJ Brown and Julio Jones were struggling be even before that. But yeah, Julio, uh, maybe he's just maybe he just doesn't have it anymore. Maybe he's finally broken down, um, an incredible wide receiver in his prime. But uh, I don't know if he has it anymore. And AJ Brown, it just feels like another lost season of uh, yeah. high expectations, flashes of incredible play, and seeing that alpha, you know. I mean, he might be one of the most talented wide receivers in the entire league when he's playing and when he's healthy, but we yeah. have not really seen it for long stretches of time, and that sucks. Yeah, I think A.J. Brown is one of – that one's tough for me. Like, that – because of those flashes, like, he really is so good, but it's just – it seems unsustainable for him at this point. Yeah, I mean, you know, he – Here's hoping that we see a breakout season and we see him stay healthy for a whole year. And yeah, I mean, last year was probably a breakout season, but yep. um, I just I want to see prolonged success with not having these injury problems so consistently. Yeah, um, maybe he gets it with from Julio Jones being in the building. Julio was on every injury report for his entire career and it never seemed to matter. But uh, A.J. Brown is missing the part where you play in games and perform yeah. consistently. Yeah. So maybe that's a little oh, harsh, yeah. but. It is what it is. But uh, yeah, I think that pretty much brings us to yeah. the end of this. This was a kind of this was a downer episode. There was no good news. I know. Really. I know um, we didn't even have any good injury news. But no, I mean Taylor Heineke was fun. Certified cool guy. I liked uh, Jesus. I like Taylor Heineke. Um, <laughs> it was but fun. The Eagles didn't even win, so I can't even really be I happy. I can. That sucks. I can. I'd prefer you not. 
I know. You live for my miserableness every start of this podcast when you ask me how the Giants are doing. Absolutely. <laughs> One good week, I'm allowed to be happy. That's what I'm supposed to do. Yeah, that's what friends Eagles are fan. for. No, that's not as a friend, as an Eagles fan. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But, uh, well, that's that. I mean, thank you for stopping by for another episode of the Undroppables Playbook. This is a football podcast. We are presented to you by the Undroppables and sponsored by Analyst Depot. Nailed it. Um, I'm your host, Ashley. You can find me on Twitter at Ashley underscore Marie. Um, you can find all my work with the Undroppables on the Undroppables TikTok at the Undroppables. And that's pretty much it. So where they can they find you, Michael? Where they can uh, find me is on Twitter at mpduncan75. Um, I produce the Undrafted podcast hosted by Mr. Jax Falcone um, at Dino Game Theory on Twitter. Um, and every Sunday morning from 11 a.m. to 1 p.m. leading up to the uh, uh, start of the games on Sunday, Eastern Standard Time, uh, you can find me with Kyle Larson on the Fantasy Football Chat Discord channel. No, Discord on the under the wire pregame start sit channel. That is a mouthful and I'm oh, still really? figuring out how to say it. Um, but uh, yeah, we just go through, we talk about our favorite start sits. We answer start sits, question, start sit questions for the day of fantasy coming up. Um, but yeah, that's where you can find me and you can find me here every Wednesday at 8 PM Eastern standard time and on your phones or downloaded into your podcast apps the next morning on Thursdays. Yeah. Maybe you could find me at Under the Wire. I was there this week. Unfortunately. Just giving people advice off of vibes. Hey, I want to say, oh, God, that was miserable. <laughs> I had just woken up and I was sick and you kept, I wasn't reading the chat. You were simply reading them to me and then I just picked names. I called Boston Scott having a great game. You did. That was a good one. Because I, he, he was only... The... He only ever does it against the Giants. I did that like Leonardo DiCaprio gif where I was like, hey... Let's go. <laughs> I just want I want Miles Sanders to be a workhorse running back. It's, be, it's, be, it's beside the point. Uh, thank you for tuning in, guys. And we will see you next week. Bye.